John! You're looking. John! <laughs> I need yeah, to know. Yeah, compliment right the listeners. Holy shit. Are you seeing this, what? John? Seeing what? Well, I'm looking, I'm looking outside, and John, the sky is all dark. And do you know why? Because <laughs> it's, it's after dark. No, John. It's because all the stars are right here. That's right, folks. You are listening to an official iTunes ASMR podcast. <laughs> oh, that's true. No, I was going to bring that up, uh, but you beat me to the punch, Ian. That's right. Our, we are officially released. You can find us uh, on the web or on iTunes. Um, I haven't actually submitted us to any other podcasts or, or like apps directly. I think there are others that have picked us up automatically, but we're definitely on the web and on iTunes. <laughs> Yeah, you can um, check us out at www.asmrquest.com and also www.neopets2.com <laughs> and also www.coan.pro <laughs> and also I think there are some... Yeah, I think we... Uh, I believe www.deepmind.tech not deepmind.com the, the website of the um, sort of high-quality uh, Google... DeepRL Think Tank slash research group, but DeepMind.Tech is instead the uh, the host for our podcast <laughs> about ASMR. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've been heard by numerous people at this point. We've gotten nothing but positive feedback from our close friends. Yeah, so actually, uh, do you get to see, like, how many people download the podcast? Oh, Ian, I am looking at our statistics page right now, oh. and there have been 37 total downloads. 30? That's actually way higher than I would have thought. I know! I was expecting, like, eight. Yeah, because I was expecting um, everyone that I know who I know downloaded it, and yeah, I think that's about eight. <laughs> so like, who are these other 29 people, John? I don't know. There's at least one person from England, I think. What? Um, so maybe someone just, uh, found us. Because I have been tweeting about it, using the hashtag ASMR, so... Uh, I, I did, I can also see the breakdown by, uh, by episode. And unfortunately, episode three currently has the, uh, fewest downloads. Which I think is unfortunate, because I think that might be our best, uh, our best episode so far. Mm, I think every episode Although, is our best episode. to be so fair, they are all gold. They're all gold. It's um, all gold, John. That's what's so important to understand. <laughs> um, yeah so that's uh that's the big exciting news in our lives listeners mm-hmm. um it's probably not as exciting for you because if you're listening at this point then you probably already have listened to the others and to you from your perspective they've already been released <laughs> you know but... i didn't actually think about that but talking <laughs> yeah. about the podcast release process on what are we at? episode five yeah <laughs> maybe a little indulgent <laughs> well, what else is well, this? Well, I think it's fine. This is this is our moment of triumph, Ian. It's true. All um, that hard work. And in this moment of triumph, I would like to make it clear that, you know, if anyone's concerned about whether or not we're going to sell out now that we're big iTunes hotshots, the answer hopefully is yes. I would like to sell out. If anyone wants to give us money, please contact us. Uh, we will take it, and we'll... Do whatever we need to. Yeah, I'll basically read fucking anything for money. I mean, if you guys have, like, if you want me to, like, propose to people, or, I don't know, give give hateful speeches or something, 
I'll do it. <laughs> Thirty bucks, we'll say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we should just throw that number right out there. Yet. I think we want to have a little leeway to to negotiate. Maybe, but I also think it's sort of refreshing because you always see these people like you know. Oh, if you want to, you know, be a sponsor for us, you can contact us or whatever. Like, what if we just throw it out there? Just thirty bucks. That's what it takes. <laughs> well. Uh, I hope no one holds us to that. Uh, actually, you know what? If anyone's willing to give us 30 bucks, that's probably pretty good. At least that's more than we deserve at this point. I mean, we're not going to do better than that job. 30 bucks to read yeah, that's true. upwards of maybe... Well, how many episodes are on iTunes right now? Three? Uh, no, all four are up oh, on iTunes. Four? Oh, jeez, John. It didn't leave us any fucking leeway, did you? No. Oh, man. I'm going to have to be fucking on my A-game here, then. You are, Ian. Yeah, that was the idea. Oh, dear. Putting your feet to the fire. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so because um, if it's yeah. thirty-seven, so we've got probably actually now that I'm doing out the numbers, that is about eight people, isn't it? Oh, oh, well, <laughs> I don't know that everyone's downloaded every episode or not. <laughs> so if you want to reach our elite cadre of maybe eight listeners for now, I'm sure a couple <laughs> will drop off. <laughs> Thirty bucks. That's all I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> all right. I'm willing to accept $30 for now, but once we hit the front page of iTunes, that price is going to skyrocket. Can podcasts even do that anymore? Uh, I think, yeah, well, there's at least the front page of, like, the podcast on iTunes. That is there's, true. There's, like, the, the podcast subpage. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I did also, I, I have also been thinking, um, now that we are officially released... Um, that it's it's important for us to start thinking about branding mm-hmm. and the format of the podcast, um, and so I've got like just a, a couple ideas I wanted to run by you for sort of how we want to structure the podcast. Um, it's essentially the same as what we've been doing already, but we give things names now. Okay. Um, so we start uh, with the intro. Not really a fancy name, just the intro. It's when I whisper to the audience, let them know that this is not a podcast intended to trigger ASMR. But rather a podcast about ASMR. It's so important. And then we uh, talk about bullshit like we've just been doing. Um, Then I think we should move into the side quests. So this would be time for us to update the listeners on any sort of ASMR side questing that we've been doing. Uh, Anything we've learned or read or experienced, uh, sort of outside of the scope of what the each episode is intended to talk about. Um, so I've already kind of done that a couple times, talking about some of the um, some of the additional uh, ASMR videos that I've watched. Um, then, of course, we have to move into our main quest or the main story. I'm not, I'm not sure which one we want to call it. Probably the main quest, um, right? Especially if we're going to go with the side. Yeah, quest. the main quest. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, we go from the side quest into the main quest, which is going to be the bulk of the episode, talking about the thing that we are supposed to talk about, um, and then. We move into the best part of any quest, inventory management. <laughs> uh, and so that's, that'll be when we talk about what we're doing for the next episode, as well as uh, throwing out any bits of information we feel the listeners need to know um, about how to get in touch with us, how to pay us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really, th- th- those are the big ones. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll close it up. Yeah, okay, I mean, that sounds good. One question, though. Are we going to have sort of, like, wacky sound effects leading us into um, sort of each distinct segment of the show? I was thinking each one would have its own catchy jingle. Okay. 
Oh, we're gonna have to fucking talk to Jonathan about that then. Oh, also, thank you to uh, to Jonathan Stroud who made the music, which is presumably on the episodes. I haven't actually listened to any of them yet, but <laughs> it is on there. Um, so thank you, Ian's lab mate, Jonathan Stroud. Uh, Jonathan Stroud, the writer Excellent. of the acclaimed Bartimaeus series. You ever read those? What? But it was the um, um it's a uh, a series of sort of fantasy books for children, the Bartimaeus trilogy. And the author of it is also Jonathan Stroud. Oh, okay. But it is actually the same Jonathan Stroud, surprisingly enough. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for the intro for this week. <laughs> intro <laughs> so, uh, over. <laughs> is that sort of what you're imagining the, the segment? Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. So, uh, so now it's time for everyone's favorite segment: side quests. Side, side quests. quests begin. Moving into the side quests. <laughs> uh, so, Ian, have you gone on any side quests in the past uh, or since our last recording? Oh, well, I went on a lot of side quests, actually, John. It was really amazing, the amount of ASMR work that I've done. All right, yeah, that's just kind of what I figured. Uh, so we'll just talk about what I did then. <laughs> um, so uh, so I watched um, two videos uh, that I took notes on, at least, uh, by GB ASMR. Um, I've seen quite a, quite a few of her videos at this point. Uh, YouTube seems uh, likes to... Um, suggest those to me all the time and uh, so far I've been pretty happy with them I do like her videos quite a bit um, and uh, since our last recording the two that I watched by her were uh, ASMR the dentist roleplay uh, parentheses relaxing cleaning Ugh. and uh, ASMR attention friend sketching your face tilde soft spoken tilde <laughs> um, so the first one the dentist roleplay um she does quite a bit of whispering in that one, which I did like, and I did find that uh, relatively effective. Um, and at, at some point in the video, she gets very close to the camera and the microphone and uh, does some very close-up whispering, which was, for me personally, I found the most effective. Um, she did also simulate some of the uh, tool uh, scraping your teeth sound, <laughs> and that I did not like. Okay. Um, I... The, the rest of it uh, was worked for me, but uh, I have always hated that aspect of going to the dentist. It makes my toes curl, my like fists clench, and I am squirming in my seat the whole time, just trying to keep my head still, but the rest of my body is fucking running a marathon. And so then the uh, other video I watched by GB ASMR was the Friend Sketching Your Face video, which... Um, for the most part, I I didn't really find triggered my uh, triggered ASMR for me, because um, the uh, it, it was binaural, but only kind of subtly so. Um, and as I've talked before, it does seem like I need more intense binaural uh, whispering for it to really affect me. Uh, but I certainly did find it re- relaxing at the very least. Um, I also I so I, I'd seen a number of GB's videos before, and. I always liked them, but I wasn't really so sure why, or like what it was about her or her videos that I liked. And I think I figured it out in this one. Is I it think her it's face? It's just that I find her funny. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, in uh, in this particular video, at some point, uh, she she gets a phone call during the video, and she does uh, take care to edit out the phone ringing sounds because mm-hmm. I imagine that would not be very pleasant mm-hmm. towards the end of an ASMR video. Um, so she receives a phone call and she answers it <laughs> while she's making the video, <laughs> and. Like, it's uh, some sort of pre-recorded message on the other side. Um, and so she just kind of, like, very quickly hangs up and puts her phone down and, like, looks back at the camera. And she says, sorry about that. That was Sydney from Florida Getaways. Uh, I didn't want to talk to her. <laughs> and I loved that. I thought it was amazing. Um, <laughs> so, uh... You, uh, so, listeners, I, I do encourage you to check out GB ASMR's videos uh, if you want some some good goofs like that. Um, I also watched uh, two other videos, I believe, that I wanted to talk about. Oh my goodness, John, um, you're fucking a watching yeah. professional at this point. Well, maybe if uh, some people hadn't been so busy, <laughs> uh, maybe I would have had less to talk about. Oh, maybe. I will uh, say, I'll, I'll interject this with my personal mm-hmm. ASMR side quest. Oh, yeah. Because um, I actually did sort of have one, and then I had a little ASMR realization. Oh, what was that? Well, so I was I was working towards a conference deadline recently, and as I'll sometimes do when I'm stressed out and working towards a deadline, I started listening to the same set of, like, five or six songs on an endless loop for hours at a time. Okay. And one of these songs was the Grimes song California off of the her most recent album, Art Angels. Oh, that's a great song. It is a great song. But I realized the end of California sort of has some ASMR stuff going on with it, doesn't it? Because she's just sort of whispering, I... and there's like some, some little bubbling brook in the background. I'm not sure that I've uh, listened to that since I really became aware of ASMR, so I'll have to go back and listen to that again. Because, yeah, I think it was only really this past summer that I really learned what ASMR was, and I must have listened to that song at some point since then, but I certainly wasn't as aware of ASMR as I am now that I'm doing a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the check podcast, that out. John. Cool. The podcast. Actually, I, I think... I think we might be the podcast yeah, about we're ASMR. Number one, baby. There are definitely other podcasts intended to trigger ASMR, but I believe we're the only podcast about <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> I could be mistaken, but I I think that that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, other podcasts have done like episodes about ASMR, but I think we're the only dedicated one. Mm-hmm. So we've carved out our niche. Uh, <laughs> so the. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about just uh, briefly is um, I watched two videos that are quite similar. Excuse me. Um, they are ASMR Gaelic ear-to-ear trigger whispers by Bright Gray ASMR and ASMR whispering 25 Dutch trigger words for relaxation Isabel Imagination by Isabel Imagination ASMR. Well, this just sounds like you're trying um, to learn a foreign language, John. <laughs> uh, well, um... I am, and I'm doing it very inefficiently by watching videos on YouTube for different languages. Um, 
I don't really have a great sense of what languages are. I just know that there's English and then there's not English. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. as long as it's not English, I just assume it's the same language. You're I'm trying something. to put them all together into one. I'd like to propose yeah. an interesting scenario for you, though. Mm-hmm. What if you learned a language, but you only learned it via ASMR videos? And so then when you go to speak I- it, <laughs> you have to speak in an ASMR-inducing manner. Because you don't know how else to pronounce the words. <laughs> um, Hola. I feel Hola. like... Se llama ASMR. En Español. I feel like that would be difficult to pull off. I'm also... Very impressed by how bad your Spanish accent is, or at least how bad I believe it is. Well, um, hold on, I'm fucking talking really in ASMR, Spanish John. What, is it, what does a proper <laughs> ASMR Spanish accent sound like? I, I suppose I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't speak Spanish, but yours just, it, it didn't sound like Spanish, well, really. It sounded like fucking ASMR Spanish, John. What am I supposed to do, fucking roll my R's? <laughs> First of all, I don't think I even said anything that had an R in it. I don't know. Um, anyway, so the, these two videos that I, I watched, um, they're, so they're very much the, the same sort of concept. Um, both of them were quite binaural. Um, both in both cases, uh, the the uh, women in the video, because um, I mean they're both done by different ASM artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ASM artist in each of these videos is um, whispering, uh, for the most part, one word at a time. Uh, in one case in Gaelic and the other case uh, it's a Dutch word um, and just repeating that same word again and again um, and then briefly telling you what the word means in English and then going back to repeating that word and then moving on to the next one as they sort of vary their um, their speed and their cadence and move from one year to the other um, and so despite the fact that they were very similar and despite the fact that uh, I watched them just a day apart um, in pretty much the same mental and physical state, um, I found that the uh, the Gaelic ear-to-ear trigger whispers by Breakray ASMR was much more effective for me than the Dutch trigger words uh, by Isabel Imagination, Imagination ASMR. Hmm. Um, and I couldn't really uh, pinpoint why that was. Do they um, have different, like, but, phoneme sets? Uh, yeah, certainly, but... Um, but I'm not, and that's quite possibly what it was. It's very possible that the sounds in Gaelic are just more effective to, for me than the sounds in Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also because otherwise they seem to be very similar. Here's here's one here's one uh, key question: Who was the yeah. more attractive ASM artist? <laughs> um, I I don't want to answer that well, question. I think we all know though. John. I don't think it's relevant. I think we know which one you preferred. <laughs> Oh, we know which was more effective for me for ASMR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> and this was our side quest. What did we learn? Well, I don't <laughs> learned that much. It was just sort of observations. I don't know that we really learned a lot. And now it's time. For the main quest. For the main quest. Quest, 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 quest. Question? 
Um, so for our main quest this week, uh, we watched um, what it was the official name. Let me double check. We watched the world's greatest head massage, an ASMR journey, uh, a documentary by Rooster Teeth. And the first thing I would like to say is I would like to apologize to Rooster Teeth because last week I was or last episode I was, I was very skeptical of Rooster Teeth. I was thinking, oh, they're the guys who made the like those Halo Blood Gulch videos, Red versus Blue, like fifteen years ago, and I haven't heard from them since. Like I, I just didn't really expect them to have much to offer. Um, but this was like a much higher quality production than I was expecting. I thought it was like very well made. Um, there were a lot of things I liked about it, um, and it looks like they have quite a bit of other content as well. I will also say I'm probably not going to uh, keep my subscription to their service, and I, I will end it before I actually have to pay. Um, but I, I am now intrigued, and I will probably check out some of their other content at some point. I just I don't need another subscription to something. Yeah, I uh, mean, when you got Netflix... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sort of a hard deal, right? Because, I mean, what are they charging? Four bucks a month, I think, for Rooster Teeth? Um, I think it varies depending on how long you subscribe for. It's sort of like a magazine subscription in that way. Yeah. But the big question you got to ask is, you know, because with Netflix, it's, what, $10 a month? And you get, basically, unlimited video. Um, and then there's also, you know, torrent sites where for $0 a month, you can get whatever you want, but also a lot of viruses. <laughs> so is Rooster Teeth sort of providing a competitive service? I mean, I would tend to think not. But yeah, I, I don't was, know. I was Maybe impressed by the quality of this service. Yeah, yeah, it seems. I was, it, it was also again definitely impressed nicer than I was expecting. by the audacity of trying to get a monthly subscription to just an online video service. <laughs> um, so I, I suppose we should actually start talking about uh, about the documentary. Um, so this documentary it had two parts. Um, the first part is sort of just a um, overview of what ASMR is. Um, they have interviews with a couple of ASM artists, um, as well as a clinical psychologist and a professor of uh, psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're just sort of introducing the viewer to ASMR. And then in the second part, excuse me, they are going on a journey to India to uh, to meet Baba Yen, who is. Um, uh, a who does head massages, I guess, um, and there are a number of videos of him on YouTube that uh, the two uh, guys from Rooster Teeth, who are the primary focus of the documentary, or the hosts, I guess, sort of, mm-hmm. um, are quite fond of. Um, so I think we'll probably primarily talk about the, the first part of the documentary, since that's more relevant to our podcast. Um, so uh, just to... Uh, go over the people involved in this documentary uh, real quick. Uh, the two guys from Rooster Teeth who are kind of hosting the documentary and leading us through it are Gavin Free and Bernie Burns. And I've got to say, great names. Wait, Bernie uh, Burns? Guys. Yeah, Bernie Burns. That's his name? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Or as Baba might I mean, say. Gavin Free is a fun wow. name, too. Wow. <laughs> um... And then they uh, uh, have they um, have Art Markman, who is a professor of psychology, um, and uh, Myrna Magia. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, uh, but she's the clinical psychologist they speak to. Um, Baba Yen again is the um, 
cosmic head massage head massage. Yeah, he's the I don't world's know greatest what... head massager. Who yeah, uses I, I don't cosmic know what energy. the proper title would be for him, but Babian is the man that they visit in India, mm-hmm. um, and they also have uh, uh, four ASM artists. Um, Gentle whispering, ephemeral rift, ASMR requests, and dreaming ASMR. Uh, oh, they also have a guide when they go to India, and I forgot to write his name down. Yeah, um, but he also features quite prominently in the second Man. part of the documentary. Oh yeah, uh, they give him a Stetson, which he really uh, enjoys wearing. Yeah. So first off, John, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of come out here and say that I've decided to, in the future in this podcast, sort of become almost like a Terry Gross where okay. I start interviewing you about things in a hard-hitting manner. Okay. Um, so the real the real question that I want to get to right now is, have you watched any of the ASM artist videos um, from the people who were interviewed in this documentary? Uh, so, no, the four people who are mentioned, I have not seen any of their videos outside of what is shown in the documentary. They show a few clips. Mm-hmm. Um Th- three of the four um, seem to do a sort of, I guess, more mainstream ASMR style. Um, you know, just uh, sort of similar to um, some of the videos I've seen by GB or um, ASMR Darling um, or a number of the other people that we've mentioned on the video or uh, on the podcast. ASMR Surge, um, a.k.a. Uh, well, ASMR Surge is not the same style. Uh, but the style where it's just sort of the ASM artist in front of the camera, fairly close up, uh, talking into the mic, looking at the camera, um, whispering. Uh, they can be performing a number of different tasks, but sort of just them, more or less as themselves, are doing a role play up close to the camera, talking into it. Often with, like, string lights in the back, something I've noticed is very popular in ASM art videos. Stuff string lights dangling behind you. One warning for you, John. Um, We're actually getting a little bit of thunder out here right now, so you might have some fun sounds to edit around. Oh, I'm not hearing it yet, so hopefully it stays that way. Um, And then Ephemeral Rift, the other ASM artist, seems to do a bit more of like a avant-garde style. I liked Ephemeral. Yeah, I definitely think it'd be worth checking out some of his stuff at some point. He had some really interesting seeming stuff. Some of it. I don't think would really be effective for me because, uh, as he admits himself, uh, some people do find some of his stuff creepy, and I think I might be one of I think them. Everyone might be one of really them. Really likes actually, because based but, off of the stuff that he was showing, uh, I can't see how you would watch that and not think it was creepy. Yeah, so he's got this character Margaret who has like a, a face mask with a screw sticking out of it, like right by the eye, and long claws. Um, he's also got like uh, some uh, at least one video where he's the Joker from Batman. Just um, not comforting. There's also no. There's also one where he had sort of like a sort of similar to like a, a plague mask that they had back in like the Renaissance, um, but possibly even slightly more bird-like. But also with like aviator glasses and or like aviator goggles from like sort of World War Two and one era. Almost. Yeah, I, actually, I wasn't sure if a, that was supposed to be a character. From like rooster teeth, right? Because it looked kind of like a rooster, huh. right? Oh yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was um, because again, they just showed the clip, but it was kind of creepy. He also though had um, 
a the, they, they showed a clip of a manly ASMR <laughs> video that he had done, which seemed like it was very satirical because uh, he did have uh, one co- uh, one quote I wrote down from this clip. Uh, he says, "This ASMR video's got more testosterone in it than a woman's weightlifting tournament," mm. <laughs> which is <laughs> pretty good. What? Yeah. <laughs> Also, I will say, so I, right before they introduced um, Ephemeral... What's his name? Uh, ephemeral Rift, I believe? Right before they yeah, Ephemeral Rift. Ephemeral Rift. They did have a quote from one of the more traditional ASM artists saying, you know, ASMR reminds people that the world doesn't have to be so frightening. And then oh, Margaret yeah. just fucking stomps on in and proves that person wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was Gentle Whispering who had that quote, if I recall correctly. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Ephemeral Rift definitely seems like a character. Um, I imagine that at some point we'll stumble across some of these other ASM artists as well. Um, but Ephemeral Rift is definitely on my radar now. Mm-hmm. As someone that we should check out at some point. Um, so, oh, did you... I guess uh, we got derailed from your hard-hitting questions. Did you have more? Oh, no, that was it. That's sort of the end, okay. of, uh, end of being Terry Gross. Um. All right. Um, so I, I did have a couple of uh, sort of observations I made throughout that I want to talk about. Um, and Ian, I don't know if you had anything. Oh, I've got, I got fucking pages of John. I got, oh, okay. I got a whole oh, wow. fact sheet that I'm ready to go through. All right. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll just start us off then. Um, so uh, one observation that I made... Um, but in this documentary, but that I'd already sort of made previously, and this documentary sort of reinforced it for me, is a lot of people seem to have some sort of story as to when they first noticed ASMR, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely not my experience, because uh, it's something that I sort of gradually became aware of, and wasn't really even fairly aware of until I read about it online and like learned that it was a established or learned about the phenomenon and that was something that people experienced um so before that it always just sort of been something that i i shrugged off almost i guess Mm -hmm. like it was just sort of this weird feeling i got occasionally i wasn't really sure why and didn't really pay much attention to it um and so so it's kind of surprising to me that so many people seem to be able to recall the first time they experienced it well i'm gonna i'm gonna Um, put back on my terry gross hat for a second john yeah, and I'm also gonna sort of part the curtains a little bit to reveal to our our listeners the fact that you know you were the person who recruited me to do this podcast. I know that a lot of people yeah. listening they think you know oh Ian he's the guy who was sort of driving this whole affair. He's the one who knows everything. Oh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people think that. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like for you to want to do a podcast about ASMR, like there must have been some moment where you decided, like, this is something that you were interested in, this is something you're interested in pursuing. Yeah. Um, well, so, th- again, that also happened sort of after I learned about it and sort of realized... Or, after I was reading about it and thinking, oh, this sounds kind of familiar. Like, I think I experienced something like this. And then I went and I watched a couple of videos. Um, I didn't get super into it, but I watched a few. Didn't really get too much out of them kind of forgot about it for a little while and then i um at some point after that i kind of experienced it just in my regular life um i actually don't really recall when that was either um and 
so it just was sort of something that was like kind of stewing at the back of my mind, and then I grew to become a little, or I started to become more interested in it as I realized it was something that I was experiencing, um, but that I wasn't really sure when or why, and that it seemed to happen kind of infrequently. And so it was, I think, largely due to the infrequency of it and the fact that I noticed that a lot of the reports I was seeing online were from people who seemed to experience it much more often and much more strongly than I do, that I that this question started to develop of, like, why... Like, what is this? Why do I experience it? Why is my experience different from these other people? And is there, like, a way to make this a more common occurrence? Which, as you might recall from the very first episode, although we haven't really talked about it much, um, was sort of the, the main focus of the podcast, was to learn if it's some if it's sort of like a skill you can cultivate essentially mm. 10,000 hours john just 10,000 hours of tingles <laughs> <laughs> all right that's what we're working on with this podcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um uh, and then along uh, along similar lines to that uh, first observation um i noticed that a lot of uh asm artists in particular seem to the the way that they describe their own experiences with ASMR, it seems like it's something that triggers much more easily and much faster for them, and that they then experience much more strongly than I do. At least that's the way the way that they describe it seems to give that sense. Um, of course, that could also be uh, simply a matter of sample bias. I would imagine that the people who sort of experience the most ASMR would be the people who'd be most likely to pursue some kind of career or art form related to mm-hmm. it. Um Although, I, I guess, um, along those same lines, uh, Gavin and Bernie, um, the hosts of the documentary, seemed like they um, perhaps didn't experience quite as strong of an ASMR as easily as a lot of the ASMR artists do. Yeah. So, I guess, my first observation from this documentary was that they opened it with that sort of classic shot of, you know, a sort of long exposure, sped up view of traffic going around at night. Oh, yeah. And just talking about how life is moving so fast these days. Yeah, uh, that was a... Uh, yeah, continue, sorry. Well, so I think as you, off, as yeah. you were going to say, it's maybe the biggest cliché. It might be the yeah, most cliché <laughs> way that you can start any form of sort of artistic expression. It's like, you know, life is moving so fast these days. And I just sort of got to think Yeah, that, that was definitely... Like, oh, is yeah. it really? Like, are people really all that busy these days? Because I feel like, hmm. surely, if technology has had any effect on people, it, the effect should have been to make us lazier, right? Like, that's the whole <laughs> promise of technology. Like, I no longer have to go out and fetch water. I no longer have to go out and brew beer myself or whatever. Like, you know, technology and, you know, other people are doing all that for me. <laughs> the two most important tasks in anyone's life. <laughs> Fetching water and brewing beer. Well, there are, there, to be fair, <laughs> what you need to survive. There's a, there's a pretty legit strain of um, anthropologists, oh, yeah. I guess, or whoever studies, like, the origins of human civilization who believe yeah. that human civilization began in order to brew beer. That's true. Yeah, I, I have heard that before. Um, yeah, because there's all these weird so. things where, like, um, 
people becoming sedentary, and by here by sedentary, I don't mean just like sitting around on the couch all day, but not being nomadic, sort of settling down right. areas. It didn't actually necessarily um, co-occur in all cases with the development of agriculture. Like, mm. sometimes people just fucking stopped moving around. Yeah, and certainly uh, I've also heard that in a lot of cases um, you're moving, you're switching from a hunter-gatherer lifestyle to an agricultural-based lifestyle didn't actually like reduce the amount of work you had to do in a lot of cases. It wasn't necessarily a more efficient lifestyle, but it is one that would better support brewing beer, because you can stay in place and set up your brewery and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is not um, a subject that I know much about. Well, it was pretty and, related uh, to ASMR, probably, I think. Um, yeah, that's fine. Oh, no, yeah. I, was, I was just sort of thinking about that, and also thinking about how, again, that really is just the most cliched way to open anything. And we should probably yeah, it was open a theme the that podcast they... like that from now on. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that life moves so fast these days, but why don't you just take a break, take... 30 minutes to three and a half hours to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one theme that they touched on a couple times throughout the documentary, and it was probably one of my, my least favorite parts of it. It just didn't really catch my interest, because it it did feel kind of cliched, and didn't really feel like they added that much to the cliche. Mm-hmm. Truly didn't. Also, um, a few other observations, just from like the, the first couple shots of the of the film... Or in this mm-hmm. sort of establishing thing. They talk a little bit about how... I mean, the, the whole sort of motivation for ASMR is this idea, you know, life is moving fast, so people are having a tough time relaxing. One way that people are able to relax these days is via these ASMR videos. And then they showed a lot of shots of people, like, sitting in bed on their computer watching these ASMR videos. And you know what I noticed, John? Yes. A lot of what? fucking blue light going on there. I don't think yeah. these people... <laughs> know about proper sleep hygiene practices. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I guess I, I have sort of two points to go with that. Um, with In terms of relaxing, I certainly agree. Mm-hmm. Um, as I, I've said before, I do often watch these ASMR videos shortly before going to bed. Um, although I don't watch them in bed. Because um, that would not be hygiene. But certainly, like... From a sleep perspective. No, definitely not. Sleep hygiene? Uh, but I do watch them shortly before going to bed a lot of the time. And I do find that they are very helpful in relaxing me. Um, Mm -hmm. So for uh, the listeners out there who don't know, um, I do actually have some history with, uh, with sort of learning about sleep hygiene, I guess, um, in that I I had uh, fairly, uh, I I had the chronic insomnia for quite a while. Um, And so I saw a sleep therapist about it for a while. And so I learned a lot about sleep hygiene through that. And different things you can do to help yourself relax before you go to bed. Um, and meditation was one of the big ones that uh, he really encouraged. Um, and I, I've actually found that the ASMR videos, despite the fact that you're looking at a screen, which I know is not good for your sleep, um, oftentimes seem to work better for me than uh, meditation. Hmm. Um, that could partly be just that I don't have that much, or that I'm not that great about doing any sort of meditation regularly. And it is definitely a skill that you have to cultivate. Um, but I often find that when I try to do some sort of meditation before going to bed, I'll be very relaxed during the meditation, but as soon as I stop, I almost immediately uh, go back to a less relaxed state. My mind starts racing again. 
whereas with ASMR, the relaxation seems to um, seems to last longer than it does with meditation. And that's even in cases where I'm watching an ASMR, ASMR video that doesn't trigger uh, ASMR for me. Really? So it's just, not necessarily about, yeah. the ASMR in and of itself, which is relaxing, but there's also something about the medium that produces ASMR, which is relaxing. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think when I... When the when I do actually experience ASMR, that seems to be the best case scenario. But I do find that watching an ASMR video oftentimes, um, at least, seems to work better for me than uh, any sort of regular meditation would. Um, so I'll, I'll jump back in here now with uh, some other uh, notes that I took. Um, Oh, so one thing that I thought was uh, was really interesting that I hadn't really considered um, is uh, both Gavin and Bernie were talking were saying that um, that the personal attention for them isn't so much a first person personal attention, at least not when they're watching ASMR videos. Like they don't like first person ASMR videos; it doesn't do anything for them. But that they do feel, or that they do get um, their ASM, they do trigger ASMR. Uh, with the personal attention if they're observing. Mm. So from sort of a third person, they do really get the personal attention aspect of it, and that does trigger ASMR for them, um, which is not something that I'd really um, like come across much in the videos that I've watched myself, mm-hmm. uh, but it's something that I'm definitely interested in. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I they also their views on ASMR are probably more in line with what mine would be. Um, if I ever yeah, I can see find that. a form of ASMR which which I don't detest, um. yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the what they said I did resonate with me. That was something that I specifically took note of because it did not. Um, they also, uh, while talking about the sort of third person aspect of it, were saying uh, that they like chiropractic videos, um, which. I've, so I've only seen one chiropractic ASMR video, and it was a compilation. So probably not the best indicator. But I did not like it. I found it... I mean, I, I found it interesting, I guess. Um, but from sort of like a, a relaxation perspective, I it was not effective. Really? I've, I was very tense watching oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because they... Like, when they do a chiropractor, like, they do a lot of, like, really intense shaking of your body. They Yeah. Like they, they look like they're trying to beat you up a lot of the time. I know. It was not relaxing to watch. I will occasionally watch these sorts of chiropractic adjustment videos. Uh, I have, so, John, have you ever had any like joint issues? I know you've had things with your shoulder on and off. Um, yeah, so I, I have had a couple of shoulder issues. And um, so I, I, as you know, I have injured my shoulder in the past. Um, excuse me. And while I was going through physical therapy for a shoulder injury at one point, um, at one there, I did get like one brief uh, session with a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that, that, that's the extent of my chiro- my experience with chiropractors is just one uh, brief visit where they did um, do this thing that shifted my shoulder very significantly, or like really more my shoulder blades, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand exactly what they did, but it moved my shoulder a lot in a very quick amount of time, and it didn't... And I didn't really feel much. It just moved a lot. But I imagine that if I had been watching it, I would have... It would have looked very painful. Mm, okay. 
which is how I feel when I'm watching chiropractor videos. It's just it looks awful. Oh no, my thing is so I I've got um, I've had a series of issues with my sacroiliac joint, um, which is sort of right at the butt. It's like the butt joint. Oh yeah, where the yes, butt okay. connects to the uh, or the where well, the pelvis. If we want to use more proper terminology, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> connects to the spine. I've had issues with that right, for a couple yeah. of years, and sometimes when oh, it's bad, I'll just have these fantasies of just like someone coming in and just giving me like a big old punch on the butt or something, and then just everything <laughs> fucking cracks into place. So I don't know. That just I I feel like those sorts of videos resonate with me, and that I feel like the okay. sense of. Of satisfaction, satisfaction anticipation of relief or something. And there are okay. also just these cool videos. I remember there was one where like this kid's neck was just completely fucking out of whack and this guy cracked it back into place like nobody's business. Huh. Maybe if I'd had more personal experience with chiropractors, uh, I would get the relaxation from watching. Maybe I want to be clear. I've never had an experience with a chiropractor. I've never actually had any sort of chiropractic adjustment. Oh, okay. Oh, um, all right. It's just something that I fantasize about sometimes. Okay. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to try them again at some point. It is actually on my uh, increasingly long list of uh, future podcast topics at this okay. point. Um, yeah. Uh, um, oh, uh, so another thing. Uh, I said another thing, and I got really excited because I remembered I had something else I was excited to talk mm-hmm. about, but I don't actually remember yet what it was. Okay, well, you recall uh, that. Oh, I yes! Say, um, they, they threw out a little line where they were talking about sort of how the hosts of this documentary discovered ASMR, and they threw out this, mm-hmm. this line that was like, you know, well, some of us content creators, you know, we'll watch as many YouTube videos as we create. And they said oh, that wow. like it was an impressive thing. Like, we should be, wow, they watch a lot of YouTube. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it depends on if they mean them personally or, like, the organization as a whole. Perhaps. I just thought it was a little silly. It was like, well, <laughs> hold on, I mean. Because, <laughs> yeah, if you're putting out, like, a video a day, I would say your average person with, like, your average YouTube user is probably doing more than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, like... Obviously, there are people who just will go on YouTube like once a week or something because someone shared a video with them. But anyone who is subscribed to channels and actually follows stuff is probably watching at least a video a day, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, there is certainly a large portion of them, at least. Uh, but if you're like if you're if you work for Rooster Teeth and you watch as many videos as Rooster Teeth puts out, that does sound like it could be quite. Yeah, a bit. I mean, they got two hundred people working for them, so. <laughs> <laughs> But you had, uh, d- did you recall what you were excited about? Uh, yes. Um, so, uh, there's a scene in the documentary where, uh, Gavin and Bernie get a, um, an EEG machine, or detector, mm-hmm. I guess, um, to record sort of their, their brain waves as they are watching, uh, some of, uh, Bobby Yen, or some videos of Bobby Yen on mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, and so... They do make the point that simply wa- looking at these, uh, or simply doing it on themselves isn't really sound scientific practice, um, since they don't really have that many data points or much to compare it to, and neither of them are at all trained th- uh, in what to look for. Um, but while they're doing that, they are talking about just sort of their um, 
experience uh, with ASMR as they're watching the video. Um, and there are a number of observations they make uh, that really resonated a lot with mm-hmm. me. Um, so they are talking about how it does kind of come in waves for them, which is something we had talked about on a previous episode of the podcast. Um, that, at least for me, it does come in waves. It, it, this doesn't answer the question definitively of whether or not it is sustained for some people, um, but at least for them and for myself, it does come and go in waves. Um, and uh, another thing they said is that it, it kind of it happens on autopilot. You really kind of have to let yourself become absorbed, um, which I also agree with. Um, I Before I can experience ASMR... I have to enter almost like a trance-like state. Um, and then once, if I get into that state and then I become too aware of it or start thinking about it too much, it'll take me right out of it, which is another thing that they were also commenting well, on. This sounds like hypnosis um, then, doesn't it? it I, I, yeah, to an extent, I, I would say. Um, I can see that. I've never been hypnotized, um, but it does sort of seem to have some similarities. Um I don't feel that I'm that I enter like a more suggestive state necessarily. Mm. I, guess, I guess sort of by the nature of being relaxed, you might be more suggestive. Um, but without having ever been hypnotized, I can't say for sure. But I don't think it's quite the same. But I can definitely see how there would be similarities. I would definitely describe it as more meditative than anything else. Okay. Now I had some thoughts about their whole experience with the the personal EEG machine. Um, yeah. So, I mean, first off, I think you were right to say that what they did wasn't particularly scientific, in that for for yeah. our listeners who have not done a free trial of Rooster Teeth and watched this documentary, what they did was, I think they ordered an, uh, one of those little um, EEG biofeedback devices on Amazon, got it, put, put it on yeah. their heads, opened up the app, and just watched some videos and said, oh, look at all that yellow. Yeah. <laughs> The one thing that really that got my gall there um, was they had so they had tried out the EEG just in a resting state. They tried closing their eyes, and then they watched a Baba Yen video. And they said, "Oh wow, when you're watching the Baba Yen video, look how much more yellow there is in the brain." Oh, uh, they didn't watch any other. Yeah, videos, like what? Well, come on, like that's the first thing you should do, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> you know, you're in a resting state, not much yellow. You're watching a Baba Yen video, lots of yellow. Well, is it the fact that it's a Baba Yen video, or is it just the fact that it's a video? Like, there's a big difference yeah, between a watching point. a video and being in a resting state. Um, also, I wanted to just comment, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this, about the their whole attempt to get into an fMRI machine. Um, I didn't have any particularly major comments about it. I mean, they they said that they got... They, they read one of their responses... Um, and it was someone just basically explaining to them why they would not let them use the fMRI machine because um, it wouldn't really be scientific and it would be a waste of time and money. Um, and then afterwards, they said that they agreed, but he was kind of a prick about I mean, it. He was kind of a prick about uh, it. Which, I like, say though, I thought that his argument for why he would not let them use an fMRI machine was was kind of weird because he sort of made you know, the big point he made was that you know one person at one particular point in time is is not valid scientific data. And that's probably correct. Mm-hmm. You probably can't do that much in the way of generalization from one data point. But then he also said, yeah. so, you know, so it's 
it would be a waste of time and money to spend like thousands of dollars of magnet time on this. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wonder, like, so his, if his logic is one data point is useless to collect, and it's also too expensive to collect, what is he doing <laughs> with the fMRI? Because, <laughs> like, surely, if, if any given data point, no matter what study you're running, any one data point is going to be kind of worthless. But if you're complaining right. about how expensive it is to collect each data point, like, what... <laughs> 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 well, what's this guy's endgame here is my question <laughs> not that I'm necessarily convinced that ASMR would be a useful way to spend but even then like there's a fuck ton of fMRI machines out there right like if yeah. we can just spend if we can use one fMRI machine to sort of settle this question once and for all of what the hell is ASMR and is it real and that would seem like an okay use of resources there's sillier mm. stuff going oh, on. Oh, so the, the the is it real question um, that was something that came up in the uh, in the documentary quite a few times as well. Um, Gavin, in particular, seemed kind of skeptical of it being quote unquote real, which kind of begs the question: like, what what is real? Well, hold on, John. because like whether or not you can measure it, the fact that it's experienced by so many people, like, even if it is entirely like a placebo effect it's still certainly something um i mean there's even quite a few studies uh, uh, that i've heard of that i haven't really read that much into but um there's like a growing amount of evidence to say that like placebo effects in and of themselves are quite strong um so well the the strength of placebo effects is something that's been well established by now we know that a a placebo effect can be statistically significant in terms of its effect on any variety of clinical outcomes. But no, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right in that questioning whether or not ASMR is real is maybe, I don't know, may, maybe it's not a super useful question because it, it definitely, you know, millions of YouTube viewers can't be wrong. Like, they're having yeah, it, some it's sort, sort of, of I guess, a meaningless question. Like, it, it may not manifest itself in some particular way and you know d- sort of i guess can it be measured in this particular way or that particular way those might be interesting questions but just the question like is it real i mean it's certainly certainly something is real certainly people are reporting a very similar experience and whether or not that is sort of a physical experience or a mental one it, it, they are it is something yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think that it's it's safe to say that something's going on here with ASMR. I don't know yeah, what the fell what the fuck it is, but <laughs> I mean, they did actually they they mentioned um, this um, this psychologist mentioned your idea that I think you brought up last time uh, that ASMR might be related to synesthesia. Oh yes, yeah, I did take note of mm-hmm. that. Um, which I mean, yeah, certainly seems like a plausible explanation. Um, but again, you know, we, since no one's willing to use an MRI machine to <laughs> study it, uh, it's hard to say. Um, let's see, um, did I have too many other things I wanted to talk oh, so about? So I think that brings um, us just about to the end of the first part of the documentary. And again, so the first part of the documentary, yeah, is sort of I would a, agree. A summary of what is ASMR. It was basically, if you've listened to the podcast to this point, 
it was a more condensed and higher quality version of what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with both those points. <laughs> so really, your time would have been better spent watching this like twenty minute thing rather than listening to however God knows how many hours we've put out at this point. <laughs> um, and the second part was, I'm going to be honest. I, I thought the second part was pretty fucking self indulgent. Yeah, it was like two rich uh, that, guys go to India and talk a lot about how <laughs> long of a flight it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there were definitely some interesting moments in it, but I didn't really learn much about ASMR from it. Um, I didn't really learn that much about India from it. Um, I thought Bobby Yen was a pretty cool guy. He seemed... Yeah, Bobby Yen seemed cool. I really liked... They had a moment where... So Bobby Yen, he's a fellow who does a lot of um, these sorts of head massages, and he's been fairly popular on YouTube. And I actually... I didn't didn't, uh, know about him going into this. I had figured that he had his own YouTube channel or something where he was posting these videos. It turns mm. out, I guess, just as his customers had been videotaping their experiences with him and then posting it on YouTube. Yeah, that, that was surprising. That was, I guess, something I learned from that section. Yeah, but, and so uh, the Rooster Teeth people, when they were over there, they helped him like set up a YouTube video so he or a YouTube channel so he could post his own videos and maybe get a little bit of that, that sweet, sweet um, YouTube money. And I thought that was nice. The way that he reacted to it, it was very touching, I thought. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought there were a lot of, like, nice moments. I think from, like, an entertainment perspective, the second part might have been better. Um, but, like, it was certainly less informative. Less informative. Also, again, um, I think a lot of it was really just these two people saying, like, you know, not to, well, you know what, no, I am going to burn some more bridges, John. Because <laughs> why I do it. This is our special saving in the podcast. Ian burns bridges. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, we need to come up with, like, our questing name for it. Um, my first uh, thought was, like, Ian slays dragons, or slaying dragons, or something. Except that that implies that, like, they're the villain. I'm the villain in this but, situation, because I'm coming I'm yeah. to their domain and saying their shit. Yeah, so, Ian slays halflings, maybe? Or? So, Ian is being tyrannical? I don't know, we're, we're gonna have to think, we're gonna have to work it up a little bit. But basically, yeah. it really did just seem like these people were saying, like, you know, What's a way that we can sort of shoehorn a vacation to India into <laughs> like some sort of budget for for this company? Because like, what the fuck did they do in <laughs> India? They took what appeared to be business class, at least a, a business class flight to India. They stayed in a series of like pretty luxurious hotels. That first one was really fucking yeah. nice. They also they spent Holy like shit. five minutes showing an argument they had with a bunch of baggage handlers, where they were arguing whether to tip them like <laughs> fifteen hundred or one thousand rupees. And I looked it up. That's a difference of about oh eight dollars. <laughs> which admittedly, eight dollars for people carrying your bags onto a train, which is what they were arguing about, seems like quite a lot. Seems like sort of an unnecessary amount to tip in the first place. But like, what's the point of that? What are they doing? What's what? What were they doing in <laughs> India? Why didn't they just fly Baba Yen out to the U.S.? Well, well, <laughs> I think this brings us to the end of our main quest for today. It's time to make camp and do some inventory management. Okay, but John, before we do our inventory, I mean, so first off, I guess to start off the inventory management. 
Ah, you're really getting really the spirit yet. Yeah. I like um, it. So to start this off, we have to sort of go back and we have to ask ourselves, what did we learn today about ASMR? Okay. What did you learn, John? Do you really want to take John, up time with this? What did you, you learn? Have something good? I John, hope you some John, good payoff. What did yeah. you learn about ASMR today? I don't know. I mean, I, I found that uh, the Rooster Teeth guys had some pretty similar experiences to me. I'm sort of, like, helped to put into words some of the things that I had sort of been thinking, but they were still kind of percolating in the back of my mind, and they helped to bring some of those ideas to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, the idea that you sort of do have to really lose yourself in the ASMR media to really fully experience it, and that you... Uh, Kind of have to enter like a sort of trance-like state, and if you think about it too much, you'll lose. Okay, it. I guess that was that's the big thing, the big takeaway okay. for me. The big takeaway for me, ASMR wise, was that I mean, I think I think that it was helpful to see these people who who they 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 were pretty upfront where all these ASMR artist videos don't really do it for them, and really what gets them off mm. is these unintentional ASMR. <laughs> well, hold on, John. How would you descri- How would you describe it if not get them off? Like that's pretty. That's pretty neutral terminology for what ASMR is. That is not is neutral not terminology, neutral? listeners. I want you to write. Getting it off is very oh, sexual. Actually, John, here's a question. Here's a question for you about inventory management. How do people write yeah. into us? Oh, that is something that was going to be included in the inventory management. So I guess I'll get to okay. it now, listeners. You can contact us on Twitter at ASMR underscore Quest. Uh, once again, that is at ASMR underscore so here's the question, quest. John. What uh, was at ASMR quest without the underscore doing? Because I assume um, that you've tried that and it well, was taken. I, no, I'm pretty sure you just can't do a space in your no, Twitter Oh, why don't you just do one word? I don't know. I thought the underscore would be better. Or maybe, maybe it's taken as one word? I mean, our podcast is certainly two words. Maybe, but the URL is one word. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, there's an underscore in okay. it. Okay, well, um, we just have to live with it. <laughs> uh, you'll know it's us because it has our logo our and beautiful links logo. to our episodes. Um, so yeah, follow us on Twitter and uh, tweet at us if you want. Uh, or if you would prefer to email us, uh, particularly uh, for business inquiries <laughs> and to give us money or free stuff, we will also accept mm-hmm, free stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh you can email us at um, asmrquesting at gmail.com because asmrquest is taken. Um, asmrquesting? Actually, I don't know if I tried an underscore for the email account. I probably should have tried that. Maybe I'll, I'll try that after we're done for recording. For now, we'll say asmrquesting. If questing. that's available. So what I want you to do is, yeah. listeners, I want you to write in to asmrquesting... Um, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And I want you to sort of settle the dispute that we were having. I forgot what it was, but... <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but listeners, you just can rewind. It. Just remind us what it was, <laughs> and then settle it for us, please. And we'll be sure to read all of... Here's, here's what I think we should do, John. Because I think, yeah. um, you know, so many podcasts, they sort of fail getting off the ground. Cause it's so tough to get that, that real audience engagement. Um, that really drives podcast success. So I think to start off with, why don't we just make a blanket promise? You write into asmrquesting at gmail.com. We'll fucking read it on this podcast. No holds barred. Oh, wow. 
this is a limited time uh, offer, obviously. Listeners? Like, this isn't going to last forever. Yeah, obviously, okay. But until things really get popping, until we get more than... I would say until we get above 100 total downloads. You fucking write in, <laughs> we're reading it. Uh, Ian, so I'm looking at our stats again right now. Um, we might get to 100 total downloads faster than mm-hmm. you think. Because our unique downloads, uh, or at least unique IP addresses, so not necessarily unique individuals if they're using multiple devices, but still, the unique IP addresses that have downloaded our podcast, 29. What? Well, I will say, though, that's down from, like, the 30-something that we had at the beginning of this podcast. So it seems like our trajectory... No, no, it's... No, 37 total downloads. It It's 29 unique uh, IP oh, addresses wow. downloading our podcast. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. Because earlier we were thinking it was, like, eight people who just downloaded Still all the episodes. probably eight people but... just with, like, a couple devices each, but... <laughs> Possibly. But it, it looks better. Yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty encouraging. Um, but yeah, so at least... Yeah. I will make this guaranteed promise. Until we get 100 downloads, we're going to read fucking everything. <laughs> so write in your worst garbage, and it's going on this podcast, and it might get edited a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Do we have uh, any other inventory management to do? Um, so we've talked about our Twitter. We've talked about... Uh, email oh of course the big one uh tell your friends uh spread the word mm-hmm. and um leave us a positive review on itunes do we have please. any reviews on itunes um uh so far i don't nice. believe so we're gonna um, read every we review like on itunes until we get stars. 30 reviews on itunes <laughs> That's another, i'm making a lot of promises uh, today john wait wait i would also we i would like to uh say we will only read five no no no, no john no 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 we are gonna read every fucking review on iTunes and we're going to talk at length about how we can address <laughs> any concerns they have cuz John we are a podcast for the people by the people about I was going to say the people but we're actually about ASMR um that <laughs> <laughs> is true yeah we we are about ASMR um but uh uh yeah uh five star reviews please uh that that is our preferred uh Review that is our preferred review number. Oh. Um, number of stars to give us in a review. If you actually feel like we deserve like three or four stars, maybe just give us a five-star review and then mention that in the text. And again, we'll read it over. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss how to improve. But just from a sheer yeah. number... And if you feel like leaving us a one- or two-star review, just don't. Don't well, bother. Well, you could. I mean, it might be kind of funny, actually. Well, yeah, except that um, my understanding is that they actually really hurt us. Oh, no, John, my so. fucking career. My career as an ASMR <laughs> informer is going to be destroyed. Please, listeners, this is so important. I need you to realize you hold my future in your hands, in your fingertips. When you hit that one, you are destroying my life as an ASMR fucking podcaster. And it's so important that before you make this drastic move, you really think about the harm you're doing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, leave us a positive review on iTunes. Please, I'm begging and, you. Please. Um, yeah, contact us at uh, at ASMRQuest on Twitter or ASMRQuesting at gmail.com. Um, oh, we have to talk about what we're doing next okay, week. Yeah. Um, well, so so I, I do think, think that though, we should... Uh, should we talk about what we're oh. doing next week? 
Or should it be like a surprise for the listeners, right? Because like there are very few podcasts out there that say like the idea at the end of an episode, and here's what we're doing next week. I don't know. I kind of like the idea that we tell them, but just to like sort of let them get uh, ready for it. I don't know. I guess we can have it be a surprise this time, and we'll have them write in and let us know what they think. (laughs) So, listeners, I hope you like this twist of events. (laughs) There's a major plot twist at the end of this episode. Major plot twist. Uh, To be continued, listeners, tune in next week. (laughs) 